I'm Kim Singletary. And I'm Rich Collins with Biz New Orleans Magazine. Welcome to Biz Talks. Each week, we reach beyond the pages of Biz New Orleans Magazine to bring you in-depth conversations with members of the business community. From the names everyone knows to the ones destined to make their mark, we'll dive into the top issues, best practices, successes, and failures of every industry that calls Southeast Louisiana home. Welcome to this week's episode of Biz Talks. This is Kim Singletary. I'm the managing editor of Biz New Orleans Magazine. And with me today is my little pint-sized co-star, my little daughter, Isla, six months old, who you might hear every once in a while. But I'm going to try and mute myself when, um, when, I, when I can. Um, but today, I'm really excited. I'm talking to a New Orleans native of Xavier grad, a mother of seven, who turned her love of baking into a $10 million empire. Um, she is the owner and CEO of the Cupcake Collection, which is ranked in the top 10 cupcake shops in the country. Welcome, Mignon Francois. Thank you so much for having me, Kim. I'm excited to be here with your co-host. Listen, <laughs> I love it when you can bring your children along. It's just, you know, not only does it affirm them and the, important, the importance they have in your life and that you choose to still have them with you. So many times my parents and the generations that came before us had to silence us, you know, had to leave us behind. Yeah. And now in this day and age, we get to bring our children along. And what, what a wonderful opportunity that is. And maybe COVID has provided some of that, right? You know, as so many of us have gone back into our homes or tried to figure out what we wanted to be a part of. And so there was a blessing in the mess. <laughs> There's been a few blessings in the mess. Um, but yeah, no, I think that that idea of, um, of really having to blend your home life and your work life and that understanding. I mean, I've got a great boss that's been awesome with this stuff. And um, I hope more people do have that um, going forward because working mom, man, that's it's not easy. Um, yeah. But you know that, mother of seven. Um, and so, uh, this that just blows my mind. Um, so you started this, this cupcake collection back in 2008. And tell me a little bit about what happened. That was, I mean, it was one of those ones, like a lot of businesses that just started out of your house. And um, how did, how did this, this happen? Uh, hunger. I was <laughs> looking for a way to help make ends meet. We had moved to Nashville, Tennessee for a better life for our children. As soon as we got here, the better life we signed up for dropped us. Last one hired is the first one fired. So in the midst of a recession in, in 2005, 2004, we were uh, without a steady position. My um, ex-husband at the time was uh, a carpenter, a contractor, and that was the field we were in. So all of a sudden we're in a new climate or a new atmosphere, a new neighborhood, and nobody knew who we were. And so um, that caused us to have challenges. But in the midst of it, we end up finding this house. We end up getting owner financing on the house. And my husband gets a job as a result, as a lead foreman 
on the team of the person who we purchased that house from. One day he was coming home and he's a very fair skinned uh, um, black man. He, he's almost yellow, you know, or pink. He looked great to me. <laughs> and I thought, why does he look so dirty, you know, underneath his skin? And that looked like death to me. And you know how, you know, when you can see your partner and you just say, what's wrong? Yeah, yeah. And I did, you know, it was a, 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 a filth I couldn't clean off, you know, from working out in the field and stuff. And I immediately began to pray and ask God for something that I could do to help him make ends meet, something that he wouldn't have to work so hard. And I heard God say, make cupcakes. Now, I heard God say make cupcakes through the voice of a man named Dave Ramsey, who was telling people they could get out of debt by having a bake sale. Oh, yeah. And so I thought I would just have a bake sale every single day. One problem, I didn't know how to bake, not even out of a box. And But I had these daughters who were great bakers. And so I thought, well, whatever you guys make at home at night, I will sell it in the day and we'll make a living. We'll, once we got started on the plan for the project, my oldest daughter let me know she did actually have a plan for her own life and it didn't include me and that she was going back to New Orleans where we were from. And without her, my youngest daughter was no longer interested in mom's little bakery idea. <laughs> and so, uh, and so I, I had already put a sign outside that said bakery coming soon. And I thought everybody had seen the little three by five sign that I had placed out there and that I better get on figuring out how to bake because people are going to be coming and I won't have anything. It's so funny what we believe that people think, and what we <laughs> believe that people see, because we're so arrogant to believe that it's all about us. Right. right. And it's not about us. Well, it so, really isn't about us. So how did this work? So you, you went from just baking some cupcakes at home to like putting out a sign, like actually having a storefront? <laughs> I, I didn't go from baking them myself. I went straight in the kitchen and began to try to work on a recipe. I went to Xavier University and though I couldn't apply the science to the human body to get me that degree in uh, biology and science to go into medical school, that degree came back to serve me 17 years later when I was flunking out of chemistry classes it came to serve me in my kitchen and so I began to make chemical reactions in the kitchen as I had taken um, the advice of my grandmother to pinch this grab that scoop this and I wanted a recipe that was going to be consistent and so you know grandmothers aren't always consistent because grandmothers don't have recipes Right. that are written right and my grandmother was no different and so in the kitchen I started realizing and having an aha moment wait a minute this is chemistry this is chemical reactions this is what they were talking about at Xavier and all of a sudden I began to take those same things and manipulate them into what I wanted them to do one of the things I learned about King Solomon is that King Solomon didn't have to know everything, but King Solomon was very wise about what he did know. And I, I, heard, I heard a leader say this just this morning. If you want to be influential and have success, know 
your subject. And one of the things I began to do was really know my product. I might not know anything about how the blood flows from the left ventricle to the right or from the south to the north or whatever happens on the inside of your body. But that information that I got in, in university classes was enough to lead me into understanding that if I combine this chemical with that chemical, meaning flour and vinegar, you know, or milk and lemons, right, that I would get a different product and how those things combine together to cause my end product to be different. And so I always let people know, even to this day, I'm really not a baker. So when they say, oh, I bet you make all that. No, I don't. I'm a scientist. So, I make chemical reactions. So it's a lot of trial and error, basically, to oh, get yeah. to where you were. Because your, your real yeah. one is, um, so, well, okay, so lots of questions here. So what was your first sale? Like, when did you think you could actually, like, at what point were you like, okay, this might actually be a thing? I think... So my first sale is hard for me to pinpoint because as people were moving into my neighborhood, I would make them cupcakes to welcome them. And they would be little green bushes, with yellow flowers. And they said, welcome to the hood. And the reason why I did that was because they were tearing down a warehouse to put up 15 houses. And this was an, an area of town where people said they'd never come and stand in line for anything, let alone it be gourmet. This part of town remind me of uptown New Orleans, you know, where there could be a small house on the corner and a big gigantic mansion on the main street. And that was the reason why I wanted to live in, in this particular part of Nashville where the sidewalks are made of bricks. And as I would welcome them to the neighborhood, they'd always be afraid to open the door, not sure what I was gonna be asking of them. But they'd always be pleasantly surprised when they found out I was offering them something. I came to bring them a gift with nothing attached to it, except for a little bit of joy that I wanted them to experience. And from there, those began to be my first customers. So as real estate agents would be in my neighborhood, I'd stop them and say, hey, I don't know how to bake. I'm trying to make a bakery. My family says it's good. I think they just love me. Will you taste it and tell me what you think? I feel like if I was in New Orleans, people would be like, no, I'm not eating that. I don't know you. I don't know where you're from. You know? <laughs> but in Nashville, they were extremely welcoming to things like that. And so um, I think they also would hear my name and know my accent and think, oh, she's from New Orleans. She probably knows what she's doing. She's probably just pulling our leg. But in fact, I really didn't know what I was doing at all. But I was on to something. And those people would say, oh my gosh, where can I get more of this? And even before the store opened, it was two years of working every day like it was a business before that store even opened. As a matter of fact, when I brought my store and brand to New Orleans, it was two years working in that area before that store ever even opened. And I feel like what it's showing me and what I want your listeners to see is that you have a preparation season that a lot of people just totally X out. And it's like, you want to be successful. You want to get to this. People think, oh, the pandemic, the pandemic is the reason why it worked out. Because you had those two years to prepare. 
those two years to think about it, those two years to become before you launched your thing. And so it's working for a lot of people because the pandemic prepared them because there was that preparation season. And so I believe that's why we experienced so much success in Nashville and New Orleans because we took time to learn how to write the story before we started telling it. So you had those, in those two years, is that part of that is like, um, building up kind of some funding? Did, were you able to get any loans, like as far as moving from a, a home business to having a storefront? Absolutely not. So when I tell you that I literally started this on the last $5 I have, I mean it. There was no funding. There were no banks. There was no credit. There were no credit cards. There was no money in the bank. There was no savings. This was the $5 that I had for dinner one day. My neighbor knocks on the door and says, hey, those cupcakes that you've been making in here, I want you to make them for all of my clients. I'll pay you as you give them to me. I had $5 to my name. I said, okay. I went to the store and bought what I could buy with that $5. And she paid me, like she said, that night. I took that $60 and I went back, put five back into what I initially started with. And I began to make the rest of the order. That's what I think a lot of people get lost on. I bootstrapped this company and I used that same money for the last 14 years on that baby step plan that Dave Ramsey was telling people when you put your money in, in your envelopes and you, you give this to your four walls first, meaning your, your housing, your transportation, your food, those kinds of things, your clothing. And then with the rest, you buy, you know, you pay bills as you can until you get more. I would go to festivals. I would make deals. I would ask, can I, you know, pay you after I get, you know, my profit, I wasn't afraid to ask for people to give me grace. Even if it wasn't a part of the plan, even if they said, oh, it doesn't work like that. I never believed it didn't work like that for me. Oh, this might be the way that you do it with other people. But for me, this is the way I need you to do it. Well, All the way from the place where the, where the cupcake collection exists. Well, if you don't ask, you're not going to get, right? So. Exactly. And closed mouths do not get fed. I learned that in the process. Listen, you can't be afraid. There's nothing that says that you can't be afraid. You can be afraid. But courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is going anyway. Absolutely. So, so how do you, okay, so there's a lot of people, I'm sure, that make cupcakes. There's a lot of, for a while, there was a lot of cupcake stores you'd see for uh, yeah everywhere. How do you, how do you stand out in that kind of a marketplace and how do you stay competitive? I don't think I ever saw competition belonging to me. I, I never paid attention to what other people were doing. And you're absolutely right. At that time when I was coming, there were no cupcake places in Nashville and one got opened before me and I thought it was the end of the world. But my five-year-old encouraged me and said, mommy, just because she's first doesn't mean she'll be the best. As I was standing in front of their store sign saying coming soon, crying, 
And then he said to me, as I got ready to walk, you know, drive away, and I looked back at the building another time, he said, mommy, there's room for cupcakes. <laughs> and I'm in awe of a five-year-old who in his infinite wisdom, you know, or his finite wisdom, knew enough to say, mommy, that it, that's not going to, one cupcake doesn't stop the whole bakery show. And I have lived on the words of that five-year-old for the last 15 years. And so when new places would come, like at first, you know, when you see somebody else doing your idea, it's like, oh, you know, they might do it better than me. And at the end of the day, there is grace in somebody doing it before you because you can learn from the mistakes they make, right? And then second of all, there's also grace for you in doing it your way and not paying attention to the other people because what God has for you belongs to you and it doesn't matter who's trying to come for it because what's for you is for you and they can't have it. So you're, it's you're just this sweet potato cupcake. How did that, mm -hmm. how did that come? I mean, sweet potatoes, I'm honestly one of my favorite flavors, which makes New Orleans a great place to live. Um, <laughs> but, um, but how did that, that's one that you've gotten a lot of attention for. Is that, yes. how did, explain a little bit about that and how that came about. All of my flavors are always going to be naturally knowledge, right? And I want it was it was intended to be that those flavors should always speak to my heritage I remember when we first brought out the sweet potato that people were like ew and to this day we have a sweet potato challenge just to to tell people hey if you don't like it I'll give you your money back I'll buy you something else because I believe I'm going to challenge you to try it I think you're going to like it because it doesn't taste like what you think it's going to taste like and um it was my uh, former mother-in-law she was really good at making something that she called a sweet potato pound, um, which was not a cake, not a pie, something in between. It didn't have a crust and it stood up on its own. And it was the only sweet potato thing that I really liked outside of my mom's yams out of the oven, like at dinner time. And um, I, my first time meeting her went over to her house and she had some and she said sit down and eat and I was like I don't eat sweet potato pie and she was like you never had mine and I was like okay but that's what they all say and she was like well I'm not everybody like we just went back and forth about it <laughs> and and she was right it, it was I loved it and and she changed my whole mind about about it and so I began to um love her sweet potato her sweet potato pie and um so that and so when i that that is sort of what mimicked the what i tried to mimic okay. when i made it so you took that as, as that was kind of your inspiration to it was my inspiration to want to want it to be like that um how many flavors do you are you up to now because you have like flavors of the month you have like mm -hmm. <laughs> is that so that's part of doing what you do is that you're is, is that you have to kind of constantly come up with new things yeah that's part of what my job description entails now is coming up with new things for us to have uh, but we have so many good flavors that it required that i try some other things and do them um 
like monthly or something because we just couldn't even get them all in. Uh, I don't even know how many flavors we actually have. Maybe somewhere around 30 of them. Um, what are your most that We feature seven every day. Sweet potato is our number one seller. Red velvet wedding cake, which it pays homage back to New Orleans with this almond flavor. Um, our strawberry is very popular. It's very pink, but it's only pink in color because of the strawberries on the inside. Um, our carrot cake is pretty popular. Our blackout cake, which pays homage back to um, McKenzie's in New Orleans. Um, oh yeah. Let's see. I mean, there, there, our, our lemon pound cake is is pretty pot. I mean, there's nothing that isn't good. My favorite flavor is coconut cream because it's the thing that my grandmother would always make for me, and I love coconut anything. <laughs> how how did okay? So you were started basically during the recession, and then the pandemic hit. How it did that affect you in a good way and a bad way? I mean, I can tell you, everybody talks about the pandemic weight that they gained. And I mean, that was a time, if any, that you were craving some comfort food and some sweets and just some, is that, did that benefit you at all? The, the pandemic was definitely a good time for us. People were at home. They needed comfort they could control and cupcakes was it. And so as we learned to serve them from the space that we were in and from the place that we are and where they met them where they needed, they came even more. We even got a wonderful partnership with a local restaurant here who had no dessert. And um, we had intended to only do a couple of pop-up shops and that lasted for two years. And it ended up being... Uh, they ended up bringing their bottom line up by 166%. And so um, it, it was not only good for us, it was for, it was good for the people we were connected to as well. So what, so you have this store, when did the one in New Orleans open? It's on Magazine Street, by the way, it's what is it, a few blocks from Tracy's to give people kind of an idea. Yes. It is um, at 2917 Magazine Street. I think we're one of the only courtyards on that end or even on all of Magazine Street, actually. Um, and it opened, so we technically came to New Orleans in 2015. The, we didn't start having pop-up shops there until 2017. And then we opened our permanent store the following year in 2018. Okay, so you started in, the first store was Nashville and then you came back to New Orleans. Is that because you said your older daughter came back here? No, we came back to New Orleans because I was experiencing growth and wealth and success. And I had two sisters there and I, I had some godchildren there and I, I thought, you should be connected to me and that should matter and mean something to you. And so I wanted to teach them how to fish. It was important to me to not just get it for my household, but for my entire family, that we would be able to take this and grow it into a legacy that we would go back and redeem the time that was lost. Our father was born right outside of New Orleans on a plantation in the late 40s. So coming back and having ownership there wow. was key for who we are. That's so awesome. that's why I want to go back to New Orleans. 
All right. So what are the plans going forward? We'll kind of end there. So you've got you've got the store in Nashville and the store here. And what are are you thinking? Are you going nationwide? Is this going to be? a Yes, honey. Thing? Yes, <laughs> honey. Yes. This this is going to be nationwide. I'm a, I'm a person who believes in speaking what you seek till you see what you said. I don't have to know all of the recipe right now. I don't have to know the, the, the path that I'm going to take on the journey, but I know that we will get there. I've seen it in my heart. I know the place that the Cupcake Collection deserves to sit. And I just want to be able to take it into places where people can experience the joy of something made very well. And that's what I believe our Cupcake Collection is. I don't know all the cities where it will be. Uh, but we recently welcomed my son, Dylan, um, back to the Cupcake Collection. He is the COO of the Cupcake Collection, and he is tasked with its growth plan. And he is looking to stretch this thing from sea to shining sea, if that's what God says, to, you know, for us to do. But just to be able to help other people have opportunity to be involved with something that's done well and made well, and then be able to also serve it back to their communities. That's what I'm enjoying most about the Cupcake Collection is the way that I'm able to open up my heart and give to other people. It's not just about making and taking from the community, but it's also about giving to the community that's made you successful. That's awesome. That's it. And that, what a great story. And I'm always just amazed by anybody. I, I see these women doing incredible things. And then it's like, oh, and she's got six kids, seven kids. I'm like, oh my God, how are you even, you just not sleep? Like, how does this even happen? But, my house was always loud. And, you know, now that everybody's grown and moved out, my grandchildren think that they're going to turn this into a loud place. I'm like, oh no, that's not happening. You're going back to your house because Emmy is going to be, you know, traveling and doing some other things. I don't know, but I do enjoy having them around because they just want to keep the place just as loud as their parents did. <laughs> well, you've earned a little bit of peace for now. Um, I have. <laughs> uh, but no, it's very exciting talking to you. This is really cool. And um, I'm going to have to go by and, and grab some treats. We got the school. Please do. Oh, the school year's ending and nobody's going to say no to that. Go get <laughs> Yeah, that's the reason to celebrate. Listen, we have gluten-free products there. We also have vegan products. So we pretty much are trying to cover the whole gamut of anybody who wants to celebrate with cake. We're trying to be mindful and conscious of that. Um, and then, okay, so last thing too, I keep saying that, uh, book deal. I saw something you got mm -hmm. a book deal. What's that? I did. I'm excited to be working with R.H. Boyd Company. It was a hard decision to make as I was being courted by some of the largest publishers in the industry. But when R.H. Boyd offered an opportunity to work with them, I thought it was homage back to my father. Um, R.H. Boyd um, is five generations of a family-operated business, and their printing press was created during a time when it was uh, where it was illegal for a black man to know how to read. And so the 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 risk that was taken in order that we might be here where we are today, it was not lost on me. And so I really thought that this was the place that I really wanted to produce my book. And so we're hoping that my memoir will be finished in the next couple of weeks and have it out for gift giving season by the end of the year. 
I'm not sure because the story keeps unfolding every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm not sure if it'll be done, you know, when it'll ever be done or if it's just got to end at some particular point. We'll say, and we'll see you, you know, in the next chapter. Well, that's very exciting. I appreciate you taking the time out of your your empire that is growing to to come and talk to us. And I'm sure, I mean, like we talked about earlier, I think this has been a time where a lot of people are turning to, you know, figuring out maybe a new business venture, getting out some, being an entrepreneur and, and taking a chance. And this is definitely, you're definitely an example of somebody who, who did that and it worked. <laughs> Incredibly. Thank you so much. Work. <laughs> thank um, you. Thank you so much for allowing me to spend time with your listeners and just to keep my promise to God that I would tell anybody who would listen about what they could do if they believe. Well, I, I'm going to go and get some, go have a religious experience with some cupcakes. <laughs> <Yes>! <laughs> so if anybody wants to hear more, learn more, um, I'm sure you guys are on all, you're on all the socials and stuff, but it is, it's the cupcake collection. Yes. It's the cupcake And we're also on Instagram at cupcake collection and Facebook. And then I personally, if they want to follow me and mignon.francois on Instagram. Awesome. Another, another great mignon from new Orleans here. Yes. I love the mignons in New Orleans. <laughs> <laughs> well, so nice to talk to you. Um, have a wonderful weekend and, and yeah, keep coming up with some treats. Thank you so much, Kim, for having me and to your co-host, who was <laughs> amazingly gracious and quite quiet, if I do I say know. so myself. I'm doing all the tricks. I'm pulling out all the stops right now. <laughs> it's, it's, it's working. I can do a little bit of here. Um, but no, thank you so much. And um, thanks, everybody, for listening. And if you are uh, out and about, look for Biz New Orleans on the stands right now. It is May, so this is our women's issue which is perfect. We've got the four, uh, four of the big chamber leaders on the cover, all women. Um, it's a great piece. So look for that. And um, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biz Talks. If you like what you hear each week, don't forget to rate us and leave a comment wherever you listen to your podcasts. And follow us on social media at Biz New Orleans. For more information or to contact us, please visit bizneworleans.com slash biztalks.